This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Hope King, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. Today is Monday, November 22nd, and we're talking about data literacy. I know, I know, data can seem dry, it's numbers, it's figures, and usually they come in big bundles or reports that can make our eyes glaze over. But I love data. They are rich with stories, especially when you can see how one number relates to another or how a series of them over a period of time can show how a trend or behavior is changing. So that's why I wanted to talk about data literacy today. Learning how to interpret data can help us understand our own personal circumstances better and where we need to grow and change. Where our salaries, for example, might fall compared to our peers, well, you need data literacy for that. The skill can also help us understand bigger trends that are changing around us, something that during COVID has been important, especially if you think about how we had been tracking areas with high infection rates and needing to understand where our risks might be higher if we were traveling. So Tableau is one company with a really unique approach to data literacy. They are a software company owned by Salesforce, focused on analyzing data and visualizing it. And recently, they caught my attention with an announcement saying that they wanted to help enable 10 million data learners over the next five years. I wanted to understand that roadmap for actually getting there. So after the break, I'll speak to president and CEO of Tableau, Mark Nelson. We're joined now by Mark Nelson, president and CEO at Tableau Software. Hi, Mark. Hi, thanks for having me this morning. So, Mark, earlier this month, the company announced that Tableau is dedicated to supporting, quote, enable 10 million data learners uh, over the next five years, end quote. Now, that's a big number. It caught my attention. But what does that goal actually mean in real terms? Yeah, well, there's this crying need right now for people with data skills, right? Because as digitization takes over every part of our life, we have data available to us to really see and understand the world in just new ways using the data that comes off of that digitization. Um, but there's a huge gap. 83% of organizational leaders are saying they want their organizations to be data-led, but only 33% of employees are saying they're comfortable working with data. And so this is really our effort to up the skills because it is going to just be part of every job because data is going to become so important. When we think about data, I mean, these are numbers, but it's it's beyond that, right? I mean, it, it's analytics. It's a, a little bit more, I, I guess, tied to, as you said, the digitization of everything. And I wonder, you know, when it comes to reading, there are levels. We've got third grade lead, reading levels. We've got high school. We've got advanced. What level of data literacy do you think most people, regardless of their age, should aim for? You should get to the where you're literate and you can do the basic things that you need to do. And it, and it is going to become a skill that's just a baseline skill like reading, like arithmetic. So you should be comfortable going, I have to make this decision. What data do I need? How do I get data in the right form in order to make that decision? And then how do I perform basic analysis? How do I get basic answers? Those are skills that I think 
all of us are going to need in our daily lives. And as certainly through the pandemic, this has shown, right? Like we've all been living on numbers, right? Numbers on infection rates, on vaccine rates. It's bad that it took a pandemic, but it's amazing to see people talking about 90-day rolling averages on the evening news, right? I know you have been really active in promoting the programs that are already out there, getting more people enrolled and interested. Do you see that that's really where the opportunities are to introduce data inside of almost every subject matter? To get to 10 million is a big number, and it has to be a lot of channels to get there. And certainly, so one is, as you mentioned, Tableau Academic, where you know we provide free software and curriculums to learning institutions and students. But it also has to be at the, the business institution level, you know, helping companies, you know, build their own data cultures and they data programs inside of that. It has to be going out to our partners, you know, they're going to get to communities that we wouldn't otherwise see. And we also have to make sure that we have equity in, in everything we do here. So we also, in, in conjunction with this, we announced a $5 million grant through the Tableau Foundation specifically to help organizations get to women in particular, women and girls and, and you know, in data training, communities that might not otherwise benefit from this. What's the difference between being literate in, in data and having a strong background or even a little bit of a background in computer science, engineering in general? They're very similar. And I would, uh, being a software person my entire career, I would argue both are basic skills that you need. You know, it comes down to basic skills in math and, and logical reasoning. You know, one obviously is then how do I turn that into, you know, helping create computer software and, and interact with tech. But again, data and software are not unrelated. So my favorite examples are just how fields that you would think are not, you know, tech or data driven at all are being pushed forwards. And my favorite stories come out of sports, right? Where you would think athletics, this is the most human endeavor that there is, right? Because it's about human performance. But, you know, stories from the, the women's U.S. soccer team, you know, that won the, the, the World Cup a few years ago to at our Tableau conference just recently, Jackie Yaney, our CMO, interviewed a number of Olympians and they're all using data, right? They're, they're all measuring maniacally their performance over time to know when you're an elite athlete, you're looking for every little thing to push you, you know, that much faster. And they're finding data is, is that skill, right? The U.S. Women's Cups, they really went in. They, they had each of those women like wired up so they knew exactly how fast they could accelerate, how fast they could turn. And they were designing plays based on that. And that's amazing, right? You look at, you know, again, the most human endeavor of sports and that last few percentage points of performance were being eked out by software and by data. When it comes to recruiting people into these fields is sometimes the challenge of getting people who may not have been exposed in the first place or interested to become interested. Uh, you can train somebody once they're aware that that's something that they need, but how do we bring along people who may not even be interested at all whatsoever. Is it okay that we have people out there who are not at all? Yeah. I mean, my approach and with my own kids is like, look, whatever it is you want to be interested in, this is going to be where the advances come in these fields, right? So sure, you know, you don't want to make a career out of software or out of data. That's okay. It's still, it's like reading and writing. If you want to be the best at whatever it is, sports, medicine, law, wherever, whatever human endeavor you're about to get into, 
this is what's going to be important to get you there. This is how you kind of the edge of every human endeavor is moving forward is going to be influenced by technology, by software and by data in particular. And speaking of the future, and you brought up the pandemic, clearly that was a big unforeseen for the world. You know, as a company, how do you think about preparing people for things that we may not be able to anticipate? Yeah, I'll go back to, again, data, right? And this has borne out over the last two years. The, th there's been a crying need for data just because it helps you understand. It helps you understand what's going on and it helps you understand through rapid changes, you know, how you can make a plan and see if that plan is effective. We saw a decided improvement and uh, advantage for companies that were data-driven through the pandemic and a huge desire to become data-driven during the pandemic because entire businesses were shifting their entire business model, right? Like if you were a, a brick-and-mortar retail store, you were figuring out how to do e-commerce really fast. And how do you know if that's working? How do you know if you're being effective? All of that comes back to data and understanding of that. If you look at some of our even more complex social issues, how do you really take a step back on those issues and look at them in a way where you're being objective about what's really wrong and what's making a difference? And at the heart of that is data, right? Is being empirical about it, about really measuring, you know, what is it that's happening? What are you doing? And, and is it having an effect and the effect that you want? The companies that I talk to who are highly reliant on logistics and supply chain they have been able to manage through the pandemic because they say they have the right data in place to manage where their needs are or to predict, frankly, where some of those needs might be. And so I wonder, is it then possible for us to draw a direct line between, you know, having that type of expertise in, in managing your own data and success, you know, ultimately for your business? Yeah. For sure, because it is that ability to see and understand. You know, data gives you another model of seeing seeing the world around you. I like to say it's like a new telescope and like a new microscope to literally see the world in the way that you haven't before. And, and I think this is just going to become the way that people understand the world and certainly business around you, right? And having that at your fingertips, like you said, logistics is a great example. Those companies who really were data-driven around this were able to quickly see where they were getting disrupted and try to you know, form a plan and see what worked around it. And those that couldn't really struggled, struggled to adapt to things as they change. What is your own data telling you about what is to come beyond 2021? Yeah, well, certainly momentum, you know, we've seen a big pickup, especially in, in, you know, everyone is digitizing, right? And I don't think that's a trend that is going to slow down. And now we see coming out of this, that this, there's just a renewed focus on everyone saw how important it was, as you said, like, that skill and ability to adapt to change once you have digitized and have been able to see data. Because you know, let's hope there's not another pandemic around the corner or whatever, but we know the constant in this world is change and being able to adapt to it has proven itself over the last 20 months. And that is something we will need whatever comes next. Mark Nelson, thank you so much for joining us here on Recap. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome back. What we're watching today is the coming verdict in the trial of three men who were accused of killing Ahmad Arbery. Here's the backstory. In February of 2020, 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery was out for a run when three men chased, shot, and killed him. 
Arbery was a black man and the three men are white. This case became a national flashpoint as the Black Lives Matter movement gained mainstream support in 2020, and the trial has been watched closely around the country, especially because it's wrapping up on the heels of another high-profile case, that of Kyle Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse, who was white, shot several people, killing two of them, during an August 2020 protest over the police shooting of a black man. He was found not guilty on all counts last week. It's worth noting that in both cases, the juries have also been overwhelmingly white, which has drawn scrutiny from activists. The defense presented closing arguments in the Arbery case today, and we're hearing from our Axios colleagues in Georgia that, with the jury's verdict looming, Glynn County is preparing for protests. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Hope King, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios recap.